Infernomatic Productions. Hey, this is Tim Ripper Owens. You're listening to Metal Mayhem, ROC, with the Vernomatic and Metal Walt. Are you ready? Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music, interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. It's getting nice and heavy. Now, welcome our hosts, John the Vernomatic Verno. And direct from New Jersey, Metal Walt. Good evening, everybody. Happy holidays to you and yours. Hope everyone's doing fine at this time of the year. Tonight, Metal Walt and I are giving you an early Christmas present with a special edition episode. We have an interview with Ripper Owens. Ripper has a brand new six-song EP out called Return to Death Row. He put it together with Jamie Jasta and the Belmore Brother team. It's a kick-ass six-song platter, in-your-face metal, very, very good. We love it. We had a chance to tell him what we loved about it. He talks about how these songs came about, touring plans for 2023 for both his solo band and with just announced KK dates. It's a cool interview. That's coming up in just a second. But first, just want to remind you some exciting things going on at the Metal Mayhem ROC website. We have a review section now. Mark Zagati, friend of the show, does reviews for other media outlets. Well, he's joining our team and he's going to be doing reviews for new releases. This week, the first one, it's going to tie into this interview because he has his review of the Ripper Owens Return to Death Row EP. While you're at the website, sign up for our mail list. It's our way of staying in touch with you. Download some past shows. Recently, last week, we had the authors of the book Jersey Metal, the history of the Garden State heavy metal scene, It's a great book. It's filled with hundreds and hundreds of pictures. Chronicles the whole metal scene in Jersey from 69 through 1986, I believe. Uh, This is just a fantastic book. And uh, a couple weeks ago, we had Chris and Palateri. Now, Chris, old-time shredder, just got announced that he's part of the 2023 Metal Hall of Fame inductee class. So, again, get up to the website. Check all this out. Hey, Walt. Welcome to the show. Um, What did you get out of this interview with Ripper? What I thought was really cool was it was like maybe Ripper wasn't looking for this one. This one kind of fell into his lap. He's buddies with Jamie Jasta and through the years on a motorhead cruise, they were talking about, you know, putting something together that reminded them of the heaviness of Jugulator. And now that I hear it is on the 25th anniversary, they put it out there in the style of Jugulator. It works, man. Killer music, killer artwork, and Tim was just totally into it. Oh, I agree. And if I can, this is like a appetizer, the six-song EP, an appetizer for what's going to come in 23, a full length with this recording unit. Exciting things in the Ripper camp. So uh, enjoy this one. For Metal Walt, I'm the Vernomatic. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Uh, 
All right. Well, you know what? There's a brand new metal release just at the stores last week, and we got them here. Tim Ripper Owens, how are you, man? Good, guys. Tim, where are you? I'm in Ohio. I'm, I'm in uh, Akron, Ohio area. The snow in Ohio's reaching us tomorrow. I'm up here in Rochester. So what's the weather like over there? Well, it's just cold. I haven't looked out. I get up early in the morning and go to the gym, and then I have it. But it's kind of cold. It's getting colder as the day goes on and kind of dreary and dark and kind of a little rainy. Yeah, it's December up in the Northeast. We uh, we get used to it. Yes. like to introduce you to my co-host tonight. Goes by the name of Metal Walt. He's down in New Jersey. There's Metal Walt. All right. Tim, pleasure to uh, have speaking to you. I've been a, a big follower of your whole career. And uh, two summers ago, I actually drove through Akron on the way to the Football Hall of Fame. So I thought of you. <laughs> yeah, I'm really close to it. I'm uh, I'm kind of closer to that. I'm in a green, it's called green area. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm probably 10 minutes from the, at the most, probably 10 minutes from the Football Hall of Fame. Bengals fan or Brownie fan? Browns fan. I'm right here. I'm it's, it's uh you know, I'm a homer, so I root for all local sports teams, Cavs, in, Indians. Well, it's not Indians anymore. <laughs> Guardians. I don't want to upset anybody by saying that. Uh, Guardians, um, Browns, you know, Ohio State, Akron, you I'm kind of I'm just all with that. All right. Well, congratulations on the the return to Death Row EP. Both Walt and I have dissected it. Six tracks, it's killer. Produced by Jamie Jasta. We have a lot of positive notes on it. I'm going to send it over to Walt, and uh, we'll get going. Hey, Tim. So before we get into the songs, right, we want to talk a little bit about uh, how you got associated with with Jamie from Hatebreed. And, uh, you know, just what was his involvement in this project? And then tell us, like, who are your musicians on the album? Well, Jamie and I have been friends for years, you know, going back in the the industry here and... uh, I was doing the uh, <clears throat> Motorhead Cruise. That's got to be 10 years ago or more. <clears throat> and um, somewhere in there, and J- I did Jamie's podcast on there. And he's like, man, you got to do something heavier and, uh, you know, tap into that jugulator vibe and the Beyond Fear vibe. And, you know, your heavy voice is so great. You know, use all your voices, but use that aggressiveness. And then we talked about it a few times throughout the years. And then last year he, he said it. He goes, man, it's 25 years of jugulator coming up. So this is the time to do it. Let's do it. And, uh, you know, he started sitting and I, he did the D Snyder's last two records and I thought they were just so good. I mean, I was like, man, this is best stuff D's put out in, in a long time. And, uh, you know, I'm a fan of D and I'm a fan of twisted sister growing up. So it was so awesome to hear those records. And, um, uh, Jamie started sending me songs and ideas and, and, you know, I started laying down vocals and it just kind of started flying from there, you know, and then, uh, Nikki Belmore, who's on drums. He also produced it with Jamie Josta and then Charlie Belmore's on guitar and then, uh, Christopher Taylor Bodette's on bass. So really it's, it's a great lineup. Um, and it's friends of Jamie. So he knows to work with, and it was so easy to do too, guys. It was like, I had a blast doing it. I would, I would do a vocal part. They would send me songs the night before, and then I'd be the next. They would laugh about it because they'd be like, "The next day by noon, we'd have a ding on our computer while we're in the studio, and they're like, dude, Ripper's vocals are here already.'" And they would just laugh about it, you know, because it was, it just came out easy and fun. The songs are they're super, really heavy. They're fast, and yet they're still melodic, and you know, your vocal performance is just totally killer. 
Um, before we jump into the six songs, I want to comment because I think being old school, the album is uh, is just as important. The artwork and, uh, you know, just to paint the picture, man, it's a caricature of you. You know, you're on death row. Obviously, you're in the whole orange prison jumpsuit. Yet you got those cool sunglasses and there's over to your left shoulders, guards at rifles over to your right. There's doctor ready to inject the needle. There's a noose hanging by your feet and some business guys in suits standing outside the walls. You know, obviously the imagery is tied into the whole theme of the album and the songs themselves because it's definitely a storyline. But talk about the whole artwork piece. Well, it's great because uh, Dan Goldsworthy is the artist. Fantastic stuff he does. You know, he was so good. It was uh, it was awesome. I started getting sketches of it originally. It was sketched out. And then I went to Brazil to do a tour, a solo tour in South America and Latin America. And and then James like, hey, we, we're going to he's got to draw your face. So take some photos of yourselves like, you know, so I went like in the bathroom and I'm taking selfies of my face. I'd have my, you know, known as wearing when I go on stage, wearing a hat and sunglasses. I mean, I wear a hat all the time. I used to take it off after two songs, but I've just now I'm just like, gosh, I'm too lazy. I just keep it on. But uh, so I take some photos of the hat, sunglasses. I take some photos with just the sunglasses, and then without the sunglasses. And Jamie goes, "Man, he's not going to use any with the hat and sunglasses. Or the sunglasses. Nobody's on death row with sunglasses on." And then he draws <laughs> the thing up. He draws it up, and he's got the one. And her man, they're. It's funny because I wear Dylan sunglasses, a uh, Dylan optics, which are great because they're frosted and they're just really awesome company and they you know so they actually they're drawing right on it man they look at it and the funny thing is i had a newer tattoo at that time on my right hand the horns and when they first sent it i said hey you know what you got to draw something i got a tattoo on my pinky and and this horns tattoo so he really did it and originally there wasn't colors to it and then as it went on it almost became a a nod to the uh, shocker cover from the old movie in the 80s people keep saying it like we don't know this they're like Oh, it looks just like a shocker. One guy's like, oh, you're copying. It's like, no, it just, it ended up being, you know, listen, I'm a, I'm in a, I'm in an electric chair. There's not a whole lot of difference you can do between the shocker cover and what we did because that's, it's a guy sitting in an electric chair. You know what I mean? It's like, so as we went on, he's like, well, just put the orange jumpsuit. So it's kind of a tribute to that because, you know, I don't have the helmet on like a shocker cover. I don't, uh, you know, it's different, but it's still a sell it kind of a nod to it, you know, but the artwork is fantastic, man. It's so good. Um, I, I was so, so happy with it. You know, I just thought that it was, it was really what, what needed to be done, you know? Yeah, it's fun. And uh, as soon as you look at it, it's uh, it's exciting. That's the thing. And it's a great compliment to the exciting music. 23 minutes, six tracks, first track, Die while we're alive. Okay, this it's a killer opener. Uh, these are my notes. Starts off with a token ripper scream. The music is simply brutal on it. Lots of fast drumming. Uh, I like the lyrics. We if we have to die, we're gonna die while we're alive. Great opener. What's it all about? It's funny because not only was it an op- the opener, it was the first one that I'd sang when we were working on them and. Uh, I just thought it was so good, you know, because I grew up listening to Priest and Dio and, you know, Maiden and Sabotage and whatever. And mm. But I also listened to Anthrax, you know, Testament, Slayer, you know, Death Angel. So I was into everything. And we wanted it to be, this record to be 
true to me, right? We wanted it to sound like Ripper. And that's what this song does. It comes right out of the gate, like you said, with that high note and just in-your-face metal. And what, what you'll notice with all of these songs, are the, the choruses are very catchy and melodic. So even on this one, it, you're going to die. You know, it's got that whole uh, catchy chorus vibe, which I like. Oh, yeah. The, there's a theme building with, you know, this album, the sequencing. You know, the first one then goes right into Embattled. Heavy and fast, a real headbanger. Sam, I love the high range achieved on the on, on the word embattled in the chorus. It's just like you said, it's I, I hate to say toe tapper. And it's catchy. And you know, embattled brings it down a little bit. You know what I mean? It's not as fast like Die While We're Alive. It comes back down and it's not as fast and it's a little bit structured different. But you you know, it's funny because those high notes, uh, every one of them. I laughed at Jamie. I said, you know, I did those every high note on that embattled part. Well, most of my high notes actually probably are done on first take, but I did them and doubled them. Every one of them on the first take. I just did it one time and it was it. So I was, I was feeling pretty good about it, you know? So, but yeah, embattled. that was the first video we released, which is on YouTube. Everybody can go see, um, uh, you know, it's pretty awesome. I'd like to comment on the next two songs, uh, the night and in parentheses, take it back. To me, this is uh, what I say is this is the ode to the band Overkill, my Jersey brothers. It's a thrash song all the way through, yet it's catchy. Got that really memorable main riff, and I love that lyric. You had your time, nothing you can do to make it right. And then you got Silent Cage, which is the next one, right? Now, this one's sort of the outlier of the album. It's just, it's really melodic, and it's like a heavy mid-paced song, a really great guitar solo in it. It stands out compared to the others. Um, and I like the vibe of these songs. You know, I think there's a theme here about, you know, as uh, as somebody's going through some struggles here, you got to remain strong. You got to take a stand and even stand in silence while the odds are not in one's favor. So cover off on those two songs. What songs are, what are those about? Well, yeah, you know, and Take Back the Night or Take, well, actually, that's what it was originally, I think, called Take Back the Night. Um, the Night, uh, it, you know, it, I'll tell you about recording that song. It's funny you said Overkill. It's the first time I heard that. It, it's a funny song because every time someone mentions it, they mention a different thrash band. It's hilarious. It's like, and but it's nailed the point. I said it sounds like the. It reminds me of except vocals Megadeth. You know, it has this Megadeth vibe. Um, and then last night as I was driving down the street with my brother, I cranked it up and I said it also has an Anthrax vibe. And it's funny because you're oh, I was a huge Overkill fan, still am, just you know, and um, you know, so it's got that's exactly what that one is, you know. You have the vibe of that, you know. And you talk about silent. Here's the thing: we have six songs on the record. We wanted to come out and punch people in the face, and then also give it some light and shade. When you only have six songs, we're going to be doing a full ten song record coming up here pretty soon, and then you can put a few more of these because. <clears throat> It still goes with the record. You know, the song still goes with it. It reminds me a lot of a song that could have fit on my A New Revenge record that I put out a few years ago with with Carrie Kelly, which was a very successful record. But it was more of a hard rock, easy heavy metal, hard rock, catchy record. This song, That song sounded like it. But um, vocally, it's still the same. You know, I mean, it's still got the, the melodies and the same vocal style. And uh, as... I always say it's more of the um, the song that, that you try to suck people in with, but it's still heavy. Those guitar riffs are heavy, man. I mean, it's so 
so heavy. But those two songs back to back are are uh, are awesome. Oh, I I couldn't agree more. Verno, uh, talk about the next song, Heroes Dare. <laughs> Heroes Dare. What do I have for that? Um, you should have is it's Ripper's favorite on the record. There's a new one for you. Oh well, there you go because um, it says uh, sweeps the life with a rumbling growl. Owen takes center stage. Why is it your favorite? Well, I think it's got everything. It's got that old school feel of definitely the bands I used to listen to that moves along, you know, the guitar chugging. And the melodies in that song are so great how it just climbs up and up and down the, you know, the notes go up and down. And like you said, the, the high notes in the background. And I think the melodies of it, when you get into the chorus, uh, are just amazing, man. I think it's, you know, that, that, that record's right in the mid. that song's right in the middle of the record of songs. You know, it's, uh, you probably have silent cage and, and this one's closer to like an embattled and, but the, the melodies and, and the way it goes, I think it's pretty awesome. Is that a testament to what Jasta's doing as the producer taking your vocal style and finding that right combination of, you know, maybe pushing you a little bit in a combination uh, with the well, band? I don't know if he's, uh, listen, he definitely should get credit for all of it. Pushing me, listen, he, he knows what to get out of me. I got to be honest, I wasn't pushed making this record at all. It was the, one of the easiest records I've ever made. Cool. It's kind of funny to say that. So, because here's the deal I have, I think it's because of Jamie making it easy on I me mean, and our ideas coming back and forth. Um, is it hard vocals at times? Yes, but they came out so naturally. That was the difference. Um, and I'm singing from heavy as hell lows to super high notes. So you have every spectrum. But Jamie knew what to do. And the guys and 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 Nikki and 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 Charlie, they all knew what to do. It's all all of them are are credited for it, really, um, because they knew how to work it. And really, after he sent the first song and we kept going on. I can't imagine what the next record will have in store because now we we can venture off into a bit more. What I've always said is I like versatility and I like to sing in characters, uh, whether it's heavy or, or melodic or mellow or whatever is going on. I like to do it that way. So if it needs a death metal thing underneath of it, I like to do it. If it needs clean and some kind of sissy 80s band stuff, I'll do that. Whatever it needs to make the song good, I love to do it. So those guys get full credit for everything you know and when when i say something's easy to sing um it just comes out easy listen listen it might not be that easy to sing live now that's the only problem <laughs> like all of a sudden i have the hardest stuff for me to sing in concert besides ronnie dio stuff is my own stuff like singing the classic pre-songs those are a piece of cake usually it's my stuff because i take myself to the limit and I don't realize I do it half time. Then I get done. And I'm like, oh, man, damn it. I didn't put a breath there. Now I'm really in trouble. Before we get to the last track, which is my favorite of if we're talking favorites, let's just quickly do talk about working with, with Charlie and uh, the rest of the guys in the band. Have you ever played with them live? No, I listen. Everything I do is is at my house. And like I said, when, when you called me, when I answered the phone, I, I was in the middle of uh, your first call came through and I'm in the middle of singing some some stuff. And um, I do it all here. And uh, so I haven't I haven't hooked up with him yet. I haven't even met him yet. We just talked on the yeah. phone and emailed back and forth. And 
And uh, you know, when you do something like this, you feel like you know somebody. You feel like you it's personal, and you and you become friends. And um, so that's a big deal. And uh, you know, it makes you really look forward to uh, to doing uh, to doing more stuff. You know. Ain't that the truth? You know, we meet a lot of people virtually through this Metal Mayhem ROC platform, through social media and whatnot. And a month ago, I traveled down to Jersey and Walt and I went to the Merciful Fate show in New York. Yes. And we actually met uh, four or five different sets of listeners, followers that we meet online. And it was it was awesome. It was just awesome. Just to tell you a funny thing, I was downstairs singing a Merciful Fate song for somebody when you called, so there you go. What? Which song? Uh, I can't remember. It was called Vampire or something, or uh, I can't remember. Return of the Vampire? <laughs> or, hey. What is it? What would you say? Uh, Return of the Vampire? Is That's it? it. Return Is that Return of the Vampire? No, 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 no. I got the melody in my head, but I can't. <laughs> well. uh, Return of the Vampire, yeah. So anyways, you know, listen, see, because we're talking now. And when you get done, you're going to call somebody and go, listen, Ripper and I are best friends now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're best friends for the next 12 minutes. Um, yes. The last song, it's my, like I said, my highlight. The, the um, Return to Death Row. Or there Return you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the phone ring. Now, I, I was listening to this at the gym the other day doing my rowing. And when the last song comes on, when the first time I heard it the other day, the, the phone ring from the Jugulator album. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's because obviously it's a, a nod, return to death row. That's the whole idea of Jugulator 25 years. And Jamie's like, let's do this. And then Jamie uh, in the middle has that breakdown. It was his idea to go, let's go, let's go do, make it sound like, you know, the music in the part, like a, a, a nod to death, death row. Let's put that in there, you know? So, and then at the end of the song, it just ended. And then I, we continued that music out an outro, just how, you know, death row ends on the record, just that music ending. But yeah, that was it. You know, we really wanted to, uh, um, celebrate that, that whole thing. And that section's awesome. And the section's not only cool, the vocals out of that section, outside these walls, they're no better. That, that part is one of my favorite parts on a record. It's so haunting and killer sounding. Well, what's your take on it? You're about to say something. It's it's uh it's my favorite song on the album as well. And obviously, when you see the whole theme of the album, from the artwork to the song construction, um, it, listen, Tim, I'm going to be honest. I was a massive fan of Jugulator at that time. Um, I thought it was so refreshing and 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 heavy at the time. And I'm going to jump out of the new album because I think it's important for us to ask you a few other questions, right? So. As I mentioned, I've been a big enthusiast of your career, and I'm like the guy at Metal Mayhem ROC that goes to 10,000 concerts a year. And I was taking a look at my list of shows that I've kept since 1986. And I'll just tell you how many times I've seen you, number one. I saw three on the Jugulator Tour, two on Demolition. I saw one on the Iced Earth Show uh, Tour. I saw you with Beyond Fear with John O'Leavin's Pain at L'Amour. I've seen you twice solo. I saw Hale once, and I saw you three times at the Dio Disciples. So... With that said, you know what? Your body of work is amazing. It's so thorough. When you get out on the road, and I, and I will say this, the last time I saw you was the first show right after the pandemic. You played a little bar in Jersey called Artie's in Frenchtown. 
And yeah. uh, uh-huh. it was totally killer because you sprinkled in all of your career, the different aspects. But I know you have a big fan base outside of America, South America, the EU, you know, Eastern Europe. How do you take your whole career body of work and put it into a live setting? Yeah, it's pretty tough. Because I'll tell you what the tough part is. First of all, I want to say one thing about Return of Death Row. That There's a video of that song, a lyric video, that shows all the artwork in it. It's on YouTube as well. So if anybody, what you talk about the artwork in that song, check out that. It's such a great uh, lyric video with the artwork. It's awesome. Anyways, it's hard to fit it all in. I'll tell you why. Um, people, you know, they want to still hear me pl- sing some of those classic priest songs that I played as well. So you have to throw in, because some people come, you know, you got to throw in metal gods and, and living after midnight and every now and then as well, which is still fun to do. Usually I grab the guitar and live after midnight and have some fun, but it's really hard when you have so much, uh, especially like me, you know, beyond fear, my solo record, my new solo EP, a new revenge, which I, I probably, I might've played one of those songs at that, at that show. Um, you know, it's really hard to do it all. Ice Earth. I usually do it. Sometimes I do an Ice Earth medley, but I always do when the Eagle cries. But I, I, I love playing the Judas Priest era stuff. One on one, Hell is Home, Burning Hell. Um, you know, I love to do them. And uh, sometimes I'll do more of them. Sometimes I do a fun set. I try to make it a fun set for the fans, all the fans, not just one. There's always someone says, just play your own stuff or don't play any classic priests. I'll throw in Heaven and Hell in there as well. I like to do a set that that is fun and everybody likes and, and also isn't too long, an hour and 15, hour and 20 at the most, where people, you know, are ready. They're like, okay, that's good. And uh, But it's hard to do when you got a career like mine. People are always like, you need to do more Beyond Fear. I haven't done as much Beyond Fear, I used, but I, I'm probably going to put Scream Machine back in. I definitely need to do that. Um, but I love to do it. You know, I've toured other places. One time I did a tour and I we opened with Jugulator. We played Burning Hell, Bloodstain, Bullet Train, Dead Meat. Uh, we played One on One, Hell is Home, Machine Man, Lost and Found. I mean, it was like it, Scream Machine. It was a brutal set, you know. Um, but sometimes you just like to do sets that everybody enjoys. That uh, segues into I have a listener question. Uh, Mark, Mark Zagato of Ohio, <laughs> no less. Asks, All right. He goes, ask Tim, any plans to release Winter's Bane material or what is up with the Winter's Bane, uh, platform? Uh, probably not. You know, I tried to do it years ago, but there really wasn't interest from labels. So, I mean, that kind of shows you a lot of, yeah. of, of things. Um, cause I'm not going to do it for free. I'm not going to pay for it to do it myself and I'm going to have to make money. That's how I make my living. Yeah. I would love to re-record Heart of a Killer because I'm so much, you know, I listened to that singing on that record. I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, I got high notes. It was all right, but there was no feeling in the vocals uh, to, uh, compared to how I sing now. There's no rasp. There's no, it's, it's great vocals, but I'm a much better singer now. So doing that record now, redoing that record now would be, uh, um, awesome because it would have so much more feel, so much more low end, so much more rasp. I'm much a raspier singer now, and uh, it would be great. It was a great record, but I don't look for anything to happen from it, to be honest. I mean, but you never say never. What would be great is if I could make a record with a cool idea would be to do a record that's got two of my favorites from Winter's Bane, two of my favorites from 
Beyond Fear, two of my favorites from my solo records, you know, two of my favorites from the Judas Priest era, two of my favorites from my stuff, and just kind of make a record of I like that. That would be kind of cool. All right, Mark, there's your answer. So don't hold your breath, Mark, but <laughs> it's great stuff and it's good to have fans like you that love it. I signed those records all over the world. Hey, Tim, you know what? We know we're, we're a little short on time today. Um, we'd love to get you back on the show and have a deep dive of your career at some point, but I, we got a couple more points you wanted to cover off real quick. Yeah, um, yeah that's all right. A, um, there's some news hit blabbermouth today that uh, uh, KK's Priest is finally going to get out on the road. They're actually playing in uh, a festival called the Alcatraz Festival next summer in Belgium. I, I guess this was a long time coming, and I remember at your solo show two summers ago, you kind of, you know, making fun of that whole thing saying, man, that album's great. And I don't know if we'll ever get to see it out on the road, but here it is finally. So talk about that for a second. Well, it was, you know, the plan when we made that record, we, you know, I finished my vocals like two weeks before the world shut down. You know, I was in England recording it and uh, just got home. And, you know, the plan was originally we had, we had shows booked festivals, this, that, and the other. And we were going to be going out in the summer. It was going to be all touring and craziness. And then it just all, shit hit the fan in the world and by the time we came out of the pandemic i mean the album was released a year later or whatever i don't even know what that happened with that and and by the time we come out of the pandemic it was hard to get it rolling again you know because the tours that came back out there were tours that were booked pre pre-covid you know and and it was just not it it just wasn't working out how we wanted it to work out because if they were still like you know by the time it by the time we would have been able to hit the road and start booking stuff, Ken was like, let's just do another record. You know, let's start working on another record. So, you know, I just finished vocals yesterday, I hope, was in the last song for the record. Um, I'll probably end up redoing a few parts, things here and there, but the record's pretty much done now, needs to be mixed and everything. And uh, so that's why now we're going to get this record out the new record and and now we can tour behind it now we got two records and it works out better this way we have two records we can tour with um you know we'll go out there and tour and i'm certain we'll be playing some jugulator and and uh demolition stuff and you know love to get kk to play a couple uh, you know classic priests that he wants to play whether it's center because he can go off with his guitar playing and <laughs> what he's not so it'll be great yeah, that, that's going to be awesome. I work for a company in Belgium, and one of my managers actually went to that festival a couple of years ago. So you never know, man. You might see a Jersey boy uh, <laughs> yelling out your name at some point next summer. We might, because I've been told by, you know, Sean from Three Trimmers just now that that's his favorite festival to play. You know, we've played all of them from from Bakken to, to, you know, Rock Hard to Grass Pop to uh, download festival and, and Sean's like man that's my favorite festival and I've heard that about from a couple people you know here's here's one that and maybe you're not going to be expecting when we're going to talk about it so uh through the whole heavy metal connection and the and the whole you know world around us it's a small world we were recently informed that when Mark Tornillo of Accept fell ill on the fall tour that uh, your number was on speed speed dial, and you were actually considered to get out there and replace him. Was there any truth to that? And you act, did you actually get a call from the Accept Camp on that? I actually did. I was uh, Wolf called, but he texted first. He, I don't even know if we ended up talking. I don't think he called because he had texted and said, "Hey, what's up? Uh, give me a shout." And I said, "All right." I said, "Hey, I'm uh, I'm in Australia." 
so it's it was about six in the morning. I said, I'm having my coffee. Let me have my coffee and, and get my bearings and I'll call you back. He goes, what? Okay, he said, well, that answers my question. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, uh, Mark's sick and we're going to see if you could uh, come sing because he knows I'm on the East Coast and he's thinking, ah, right, this would be easy for Ripper to come here and, and sing some songs. And uh, so that was right right when it started happening. And, and uh, I said, oh, unfortunately, I couldn't. Uh, you know, I was in Australia. Uh, last thing I have to comment and let you get going. Um, the Nickel McBrain rib place performance down in Florida. And yeah. wh- what are your plans for 23 in uh, touring besides KK's? Well, the Nico thing's fun. Nico calls me and says, hey, I did it before 2019 or somewhere in there, I think. Uh, you know, he's just called up last minute, said, hey, you want to come down here and come down, sing some songs, hang out. And, you know, it's he's such a great guy, good friend. And uh, it's fun to go there and do that, you know. Um, uh, and Carmine of Peace is just class act and funny as hell. And I had a blast. You know, we had an autograph line afterwards about three hours long and sitting next to Carmine made it easy and fun because he just talked and we talked all night sitting there, you know. And you think we'd be complaining about sitting there for three hours, but uh, it was great. But it's fun to go down, you know. I did a little bit of uh, Flight of Icarus, I sang, a rat child, and we did, you know, to have fun. And the crowd, it was amazing. And uh, and then, like, living after midnight break and a lot, you know, some easy ones for you don't really have to rehearse, you know? So, uh, it was a great, and this year coming up, I plan on, you know, it'd be nice to maybe do some, some more shows with Nico, like some fun shows, who knows, you know, but, uh, uh, it's going to take off with KK's priest. I'm going to work on a new 10 song full length, uh, release with solo with Ripper. Um, so hopefully that'll be worked on pretty soon. Uh, a big thing is if anybody wants to get a hold of me, you know, just go to my website or, Tim Rippon's Facebook official or Instagram or Twitter or Snapchat, whatever the hell, just go to all of them and find it. There's a, a link thing on Linktree that they could do. But I want to say one thing. I'm taking this month kind of off just doing recording and next and part of next month. So when I usually do that from taking it off the road, I usually record stuff for other people. So I'm going to throw this out there so your listeners can hear it that if you want me to guest on your record, because listen, I can't sit home and do nothing. I'm too, I love singing too much. So I do this. This is, this all started during COVID because I couldn't tour. And I'm like, what the hell am I going to do now? And uh, so I started guesting on people's records. Um, and I, they get a hold of me at rippervocals at gmail.com. It's rippervocals at gmail.com. And we could talk about guesting on a record, one or two or three songs, whatever. It's so fun to do it. Last couple of years, Pyramid did two records of the band called pyramid and it's progressive metal. I just, they just released a brand new one, which I wrote half the song, the, the mute, the, you know, lyrics and melodies and singing on it. Uh, I released one with a band called held hostage. That's just rock and roll. I did the three trimmers new one. I did uh Leviathan project. I did engineered society project. I just did so much stuff, but then I guessed on just one song. Like I said, this merciful fate one. I did a merciful fate one last week. I sent it to him. He goes, dude, this is the best merciful. I've heard someone do this stuff. It's so awesome. You want to do another one? <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'll do another one. So that's what I'm working on today. So that takes up time when I'm home, pays the bills. You know, I can get off the road for a little bit. But I think, you know, working on some shows in early part of the year. But, you know, once midsummer gets going, um, it's going to be rolling with KK's Priest. Uh, 
you know, and, and again, like I said, rolling out this new Ripper full length when it comes out. If anybody wants anything of the Ripper thing, so you guys will probably tell this stuff anyways, but martyrstore.net, M-A-R-T-Y-R store.net. They can get, you have to scroll through the whole thing. Jamie's got all his stuff up top, so you have to look for me. Um, view all, and I got CDs, vinyl, cassettes, uh, posters, shirts, hats, stickers. You know, it's all on there, so they can get everything on there. Tim, no worries. We're very diligent on posting all these links for everything you just mentioned. So listeners, don't be scurrying and trying to write this down. It's all in the show notes. It's in the blog. It's it's well, it's well um, represented. Uh, and uh, just a fact check, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the name of that band with Carmine, uh, Titanium Tart, is that the name of it? Well, Carmine, that's with Nico. Um that's Nico's little side thing. It used to be called Nico's or McBrainiacs, I think. And then it was called something else. And then he just changed it to titanium tarts. So what I said to him, we had so much fun doing this. And the fans got so crazy when I walked on stage. I said, man, you, if I'm off, I mean, he's obviously torn freaking nonstop and he's going to be torn again pretty soon. I said, if, we're, if you're off in January, February, uh, let's do, and you're going to do titanium tart dates locally or whatever and jam i should be a special guest <laughs> i'm inviting myself i should be a special guest because the fans just freaked out and loved it so what better than hey look at it be priest and maiden together right now with with nico and ripper so but if i just come up and sing you know eight songs with you because man they're the band he has with them with mitch and all the guys and the singer of that band that they do is so good man i mean i can't touch him singing maiden but um it would be fun, you know. It, it'd be fun doing it. Yeah, I'll be down in Florida next week. We're going down for uh, the holidays, right? Right. Nice. Down. Well, good. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we're uh, seeing if um, they're open on Saturday. It's Christmas Eve. I don't know if that's going to happen, but looking forward to uh, getting down there. Coral Springs, the, that location. Yeah, Coral Springs. Yeah. Uh, going to go get some some good barbecue. Their ribs are are just phenomenal, man. They are just. They are so good. I'm going to let Walt say goodbye. I want to thank you for your time, man. And we will spread the word of all uh, Ripper Owens material up here. Well, we have each other's information. So, you know, down the road, whatever, uh, don't be a stranger. If you want to talk a quick chat again, uh, I'll, I'm sure I'll be in my studio and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll chat again. So don't, don't make it too long. Just call, call me whenever. Uh, thank you. And we'll take you up on that. Okay, but don't be a stalker. Walt <laughs> no, sounds no. like Walt sounds like he's a little bit of a stalker with me, so I don't want him to. Uh, I don't. I I'm not, I I'm not even <laughs> sure if you are at those all those shows he claims he was at. It was. Hey, that's a fan, and a, I, that's like a fan and a friend put together because I think that's that's awesome. That's that he comes out and hangs out and and does that. So I appreciate it. That, that's that's what yeah. you get, man. My wife is understanding, and, and you know, I, I don't party. I don't do anything stupid, so uh, you got to have some sort of addiction, and I go to a lot of shows. What can I say? But, oh, Tim, all, all kidding aside is, man, like I said, there's a reason I've seen you a million times, and I think that that's a testament to your career, and I would love to have you back on here and geek out a little bit about your, uh, your full body of work, and I think, yes, 
we should check in periodically and definitely a check in in the summer, see what's going on in the KK's Priest, uh, you know, family and the road. And uh, we look forward to speaking to you again, man. You got it, buddy. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. And, and like I said, stay in touch and we'll do it again. All right. Absolutely. Okay. See ya. Thanks, Tim. All right, guys. Bye. Metal for Life. Thank you for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our website at MetalMayhemROC.com for information on podcasts, archives, links to all our live radio shows, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. And always remember to keep it heavy.